0: The Dogman of Mockingbird Lane. Welcome to Scary Stories. Stories. The channel that tells you scary stories. stories. The Dogman of New York Mills a.k.a. The Dogman of Mockingbird Lane, as told to and read by Peter Bernard. Okay, before I begin, let me make it clear that New York Mills is not in New York, it's in Minnesota, and what this story is about is the Minnesota Dogman. This happened when I was 19 through when I was 20, when I had a girlfriend, let's call her Lily, not her real name, who lived on a road actually called Mockingbird Lane for real. That's why my alternate title for this is The Dogman of Mockingbird Lane. However, we never saw the dogman there. We would see it around the corner from there or over by the groves in the small forest next to them. The forest is a bit thick and I don't remember ever going inside it, but there was a path cut by the edge of the forest where it met the rows of trees in the grove that my girlfriend and I would walk down to be alone around sunset on days in the spring and summer that year. We only went out about 11 months, but it was a good time and I mostly have fond memories. The dream would turn to nightmare pretty fast each time the dog man would show up, though. Let me tell you about the first time. I had gotten a job at the gas station around the corner from Mockingbird Lane. I wanted money to spend on Lily, and I wanted her parents to notice that I wasn't afraid to work. Back then, I had hopes of marrying that girl someday, although it was not to be. So, anyway, I was around her neighborhood more than I was around my own and sometimes she'd meet me for lunch and we'd go for a walk through the grove over to the forest together. So, one time Lily made us a picnic and we were sitting on a big old tablecloth she had brought with her and spread on the ground between the rows of trees. On it she spread out sandwiches and lemonade and we started eating. Almost as soon as we started, something felt wrong somehow. I felt a change in the atmosphere as though the pressure of the air had suddenly gone up. I was starting to get a headache and a neck ache and I began stretching and massaging my neck and temples. I noticed Lily looked unhappy somehow as well. That's when I heard, when we both heard, something that sounded like a growl. Looking around, I couldn't see anything out of place and I couldn't tell where a growl could possibly be coming from. It's jealous, Lily blurted out suddenly. At once, I felt a strong wave of an idea. It wasn't like someone was talking in my head, but it was as though someone was giving off a very strong vibe to the effect of, Your sandwiches aren't so great. I could kill a male buck and eat it anytime I wanted. Lily and I met eyes, and I knew she had heard or felt or sensed that same thing I just did. She suggested we leave the food here and go. I argued strongly against this idea, stating that if you don't act like the boss with a wild creature, then it will think it is the boss of you. Just then we heard a howling scream. And I realized without one doubt that this thing, whatever it was, was most definitely the boss of me. We ran as fast as we could out of there, leaving everything behind for whatever had just bellowed at us. When we got back to the gas station, we told my boss about what happened, and he said it was the Minnesota Dog Man. Now, I was born in Michigan and raised in Wisconsin, then moved to Minnesota when I was 13, so Dog Man has always been something I would heard about. I don't think I ever knew anyone who claimed they saw it, but I knew a number of people who said they knew somebody who knew somebody who saw it. To be honest, before it screamed, I was thinking it was a stray dog, or maybe a coyote or something. I was more concerned that whatever it was might turn out to have rabies than that it might be a mythical beast that some claim is real. So, you would think a girl like Lily would be upset that the Minnesota Dogman was hanging out on stealing picnics around the corner and down the block from her home. But Lily, as I mentioned before, lived on Mockingbird Lane, and she loved monsters. So, to her, the idea of some huge Bigfoot with a dog head living in her hood made her sort of a star in her own mind. The weird thing was other kids our age suddenly saw her as a star as well and she had a dogman party one night. All the kids gathered at her parents place and there was food and music and games. Then at midnight we planned to walk down the road all together as a group and peer into the trees with flashlights at the spot where Lily and I had our sighting. The strangest thing happened though. Around 11.20 or 11.30 the electricity in the house went out. Her father went to the basement to see if it was a blown fuse but said there must be a blackout. He turned on his emergency battery-powered radio, but there was nothing yet about a blackout. Everyone got in their cars and went home, and we never got to walk down to the forest. It turned out, Lily's parents' house was the only one that lost its electricity. The electricians the next morning said wires had been torn out of the back of the house, but had no explanation of how it could have happened except vandalism since there hadn't been a storm or anything of that nature. So that was an odd thing to have happen, but there certainly isn't enough evidence to say how that might have happened. There was a night after the party when one of our mutual friends claimed they were driving down North Broadway Avenue by the trees there around midnight, and a deer came bursting out of the woods, almost running directly into their vehicle. They managed to bring the car to a halt, but were now parked sideways in the middle of the road. The car engine sputtered to a stop, and the driver was about to restart the engine before any traffic came by and slammed into him. Suddenly, he said something ran out of the woods in pursuit of the deer, and literally ran over his hood in its hot pursuit. The two of them ran onto private property right through people's backyards, and then they were gone. The entire incident took up maybe 30 seconds, but when he would tell the story, it could take him 10 or 20 minutes as he would go into such detail describing how he couldn't really tell exactly what it was that ran over his car. It was hairy, as in, it had somewhat long flowing hair like an Afghan hound, golden brown to darker brown in color. It was very large but left no dense or recognizable prints in the car hood, just a path of dirt. The driver did not see the creature above its knees, but insisted the legs were not human legs. It had to be the devil himself, or it was the dog man. It could not have been a man in a costume, and it could not have been a Bigfoot, and it could not have been a bear or a cougar. I asked the driver if he was certain it was not just an actual large dog, and he told me it definitely was a large dog. The question is, was this actually just that, or was this a dog man? It appeared to clear his roof on its hind legs as he never saw the creature's torso or head or arms. If it wasn't Dogman, what was it? And why was it walking on its hind legs? I only saw the thing once, and that was the night before Lily and I broke up. It was around Halloween, I think early November. I was hanging out behind the gas station, overwhelmed in depressing thought, and suddenly felt that weird pressure change again. I swallowed a few times, but the air still felt different somehow. I looked around, and there behind a tree, I saw two eyes looking back at me. I got the overwhelming sense of something telling me. You better not be here so much anymore. You better go away. And then I saw it walk between two trees. It did it slowly, so I could be certain to see it. This was a giant man with minotaur legs and a dog head. That was the impression I got in those few seconds it revealed itself to me. I got an intense sense of danger and malice from it. But at the same time, also a sense of its own regality. This was not just an animal. This was some kind of intelligent, if not benevolent, humanoid being. A real chill went through me and I quit my job that day. Like I said, Lily and I were done by the next night. It didn't matter what the dogman said or wanted. Either way, my time there was done. I would have been going anyway. It had nothing to do with him. At least, that's what I keep telling myself. Stay tuned, because right after this, we have a crazy new story about a supposed dinosaur sighting in the 21st century. That's right after this. Do you have a scary story you want us to read on the show? Just call our voicemail hotline, 804-LASCARY. That's 804-537-2279. And now for something completely scary. Tyrannosaurus 2018 As told to and read by Peter Bernard Dear Scary Stories, I have a story for you that happened just last week. I can guarantee you will not believe it, because while it was happening to me, I didn't believe it myself. This is a story of how I raced an actual living dinosaur. Those of you who know anything about Death Valley know that it's very hard for anything to survive there. You can drive through it in a car fairly quick, but if you get stuck out there walking during the day, you're not going to get very far. So the idea of something larger than a human or as large as what I saw, existing in the desert there, that's just impossible. What I saw could not have been something that my eyes could possibly have seen, and yet I saw it, and here is the story as I remember it, before I start to forget all the details. Okay, I work in sales for a manufacturing firm, and I have occasion to drive through Death Valley maybe four, six, eight times a month, depending on the specific needs of our client. I've had a few very weird experiences out there, like the time I saw a strange mist off in the distance that seemed to move around almost like it had a mind of its own, Fortunately, it never came close to my vehicle, as that is something I'd rather remain in the dark about. I'm too scared to learn what that thing was. It looked unnatural, like something out of the old black-and-white Outer Limits TV show. Another time, I could swear I saw kids out in the desert at night. I even pulled my car over and stared off in the distance to see if it was a family in need of a ride or something. But I'm not sure if what I saw was real or a mirage. The heat can play tricks on your eyes and your nervous system, so I don't assume everything I see in the desert is as real as everything else. Whereas normally I take what my eyes see as a definite fact, out in the desert I just take what I see as a suggestion of what might possibly be out there. So, after that preface about how you can never be sure what you're seeing in the desert, I will contradict myself and say that I have no doubt at all that what I saw last week was either an actual dinosaur or else an incredibly lifelike recreation of some sort. I know this because it was not only something I saw with my eyes. It's something that attacked my car and removed the rear bumper while I was driving. It was dusk and really almost nighttime. I try to time my trips over the desert at night. There's less chance of my tires melting into the tar of the highway. It was an incredibly beautiful sunset and I was feeling at peace and relaxed. Make this drive, check into my hotel room, take a shower and go over the presentation I had to make in the morning. I was in a good mood and looking forward to everything I had planned. The AC in the car was working okay, and I was only sweating a little bit. Everything was coming up Millhouse, and then suddenly, I saw what looked like a dinosaur off in the distance. It looked like a raptor from Jurassic Park but larger and with a bigger head. It was running along chasing something, then it stopped. It looked like whatever it was chasing had gone into a hole in the ground. He was bent over, trying to bite at something, maybe. I pulled over the car and watched, turning off the motor but keeping the air conditioning and radio running off the battery. I didn't get out. Not that I was scared, I was only confused. I just didn't want to leave the AC such as it was. What was that thing? What was it doing? It reminded me of an ostrich but take away the long neck and replace it with a giant head. The more I stared, the more I realized that it actually did have tiny arms in front and did not appear to have wings. It really looked like I was watching a living Tyrannosaurus rex in 2018, trying to eat something out of the ground. From the distance I couldn't tell yet how big it was. I saw that the highway curved around in front of me, and I thought that I might be able to get a better view if I drove a bit further up the road. I started the engine and noticed I attracted the thing's attention, and as it turned its head my way. For some reason it never dawned on me This giant beast might not only be able to be watched by me, but might be able to watch me back. A chill of fear shot through me on that hot night, but then I laughed out loud at myself. This was not a dinosaur. Dinosaurs don't exist in 2018. And even if they did, it would be at some place that had a jungle in it. Florida, maybe, or Africa. It wasn't going to be in the hot desert because a creature that large is going to need a lot of water. There isn't enough water in the desert to support humans. So how could a giant monster live there? The answer is that it couldn't, not in a million years. So all I had to do was drive the car up the road as it turned right and passed closer to the scene, and I'd probably be able to see what it really was. Maybe it was a vulture or something. I looked up in the sky and I didn't see any vultures circling around, but it was getting dark so maybe I just wasn't noticing them. I drove the car around, keeping my eye on whatever that was out there, and it really looked like it was turning its massive head and watching me drive. Then I could swear it stood up and started walking forward. It wasn't walking toward me. It was sort of walking toward where I was driving toward. Still no alarm bells went off in my head as I was entirely in curiosity mode and straining my eyes and imagination to tell myself what was I actually looking at. The creature sure looked like it was running now, but the way I was driving in a curve and the way it appeared to be running in a straight line with the heat rising off the sand and making everything wave into and out of existence... I still could only hazard guesses about what I was witnessing. That state of confusion wouldn't last long, and my curiosity would be satisfied. What is the famous old saying about curiosity and the cat? Well, I was almost that cat. The thing was a living dinosaur, or a remarkably agile machine made to look like one. I could see it now, running toward the highway in front of me. It looked just like the T-Rexes that show up in movies and on TV, except it was dark and shiny, giving off multiple colors in the sun the way gasoline might. I really think it was covered in something like feathers, but dark, like a crow. I'm not saying I saw feathers on this dinosaur. I'm just saying the thing was dark in the way a crow is dark. And I could see all kinds of colors bouncing off it as it ran. I probably should have hit the gas pedal, but for some reason I panicked and hit the brakes. I thought it was running faster than it was. But now I would guess that maybe it was actually doing 25 miles an hour? Maybe 20 or maybe 30 but when I was driving, it looked like he or she was moving much faster. I didn't think I could get past it in time, so I screeched to a halt to avoid the collision. Now the creature was in front of me on the highway, and it made this incredibly loud noise, shouting at me, shaking my car's interior in the process. It was coming toward me now. I knew I was about to die. I had little doubt this thing could bite right through my engine and probably wreck my car. If it destroyed my ability to drive out of there, I... It wouldn't even have to do anything else. That alone would be enough to kill me. I was too far away from either side of this desert. I probably wouldn't survive walking from here. I had to keep this car intact, and that meant avoiding this giant monster in front of me on the highway. Instincts took over, and I totally Steve McQueen my way around the dinosaur. I drove right, then pulled a sharp left. The animal's momentum was now moving toward my right, anticipating I would go in that direction. This allowed me just enough time to swerve left and get past the, Tyrannosaur, past the Tyrannosaur, driving on and free of danger. Or so I thought. Old Rex had other ideas. Rather than reverse its direction, the dinosaur used its momentum to swing around full circle, and as I passed it, he bit down hard and landed his teeth in my bumper. He now had a hold on my car and swung me around to my left. I kept that gas pedal down hard, but the dyno was tilting me in various directions, and the wheels were only sometimes on the ground. There was a loud sound of metal bending behind me, as the huge thing was making a mess of my bumper. At some point, somehow, through sheer luck and nothing more, the car broke away and we were moving forward. I drove clean off the highway before regaining control, and the monster was pursuing, still holding my bumper in its mouth. As I finally got back on the tar and began to gain traction and pick up speed, the monster had thrown the bumper and was in hot pursuit of me. Now we would learn exactly how fast that thing could run. I was at 30 miles per hour, 35 straining the engine to get over the speed limit as soon as literally possible. The creature was on my tail and snapped at my trunk, missing by what looked like inches. I already had the gas pedal down as far as it could go. There was nothing else I could do except scream in complete fear and pray. I wanted to get out and run. I never had such a flight instinct take over in my life. It was touch and go for a few seconds, and those seconds felt like years. But soon, I had a few feet between us, within a few yards, I could see nothing but straight highway in front of me and I knew that as long as that road stayed straight and this car kept running, I'd be able to outrun the creature. And so I did. I watched in the rear view as the thing eventually gave up and stood there, licking its wounds and looking for someone else to chase. They must have thought my car was some sort of really fast turtle or something. Okay, so what do you make of that story? I know I didn't hallucinate the incident because I had to buy my car a new bumper and get a bunch of cosmetic work done on the rear of the vehicle and it cost me a ton. My boss refused to chip in a cent even though it happened while I was driving to work because he says dinosaurs don't exist in 2018. Doesn't he think I know that already? This true story I just told you could not have happened. I know that. Now, somebody explain that to my car. Love, 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 love. Meet the creator of Scary Stories NYC at the Northeast Comic Con July 6th, 7th, and 8th, along with Nickety Monkety Dolens, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the monkeys movie Head. Hooray! Also appearing the real original Greg Barry Williams Brady from the Brady Six rock band. Hooray! It's a three-day summer party thrown by our friend, TV's famous Gary Summers from Antiques Roadshow. Ah! Check out the audio podcast version of Scary Stories NYC, now available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and other popular podcatchers. Bigfoot attacked my tiny house. Scary Stories by Peter Bernard, Volume 1 Now available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook versions Narrated by P.Q. Ribber and me, Madeline Starr Forward by TV's famous Timothy Green Beckley Better known as Mr. UFO If there's anyone out there who can't get enough of PQ River, search in your favorite search engine for PQ River and you'll find plenty of podcasts, music, and weirdness. Come back, come back, come back back, for more scary scary stories.